Good morning, good afternoon, guys. Welcome back to another Geek Tavern. As always, it's me, Sean, and I'm joined by Mike. Hello. And Aaron. A little under the weather right now, so if I'm blowing my nose in the middle, don't. Just ignore me. Right. You could go back, and it's probably the same episode every year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did, did, did you say don't just ignore you? Yeah, you have to listen to me blowing my nose. Anyway, we're here to talk about my recommendation for this episode, which was The Big Lebowski. I should have looked up when this movie came out, but I believe it was... Uh, 90. 99. Yeah, not her, I think. Uh, yeah. uh, Joel and Eaton Cohen, written and directed... Is it Eaton? Yes. I always thought it was Ethan. I don't even think it was Ethan Cohen. Huh. Well, there is an Ethan Cohen. Maybe I'm confusing the two. One of them made Garfield, and the other one is uh, the brother of Joel Cohen. Anyway, and a side note, that's why uh, Bill Murray signed on to voice Garfield, because he thought the Cohen brothers were writing it. Oh. <laughs> it turned out that it wasn't the same person. So. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't that just be incredible if they, like, they, like, split, like, the Wachowskis? Yes. And they're like, listen, I don't want to make these kinds of movies anymore. What do you want to make? Garfield. He's <laughs> like, go do it, yeah. man. Uh, <laughs> I brought a version of Garfield. You be my guest. <laughs> anyway, The Big Lebowski. Late 90s, early 2000s. Film that came out, uh, pretty much just a very high-concept stoner comedy movie. Yeah. It, it is hard to explain the plot because there's just kind of, like, all these kind of things happening throughout the movie. But ultimately, when you boil it down, it's kind of a parody of, like, noir detective movies. Yeah. Because... yeah it's like if you stuck a stoner yeah. as, the or like, a detective's character. Yeah. Because... I mean, the dude even gets, like, mistaken for a P.I. at one point right. in the film. And uh, he's going on this sort of investigative case on... Uh, he shares a name with another Jeffrey Lebowski, who is a larger, older man, hence the name The Big Lebowski. Played by Papio Doyle. <laughs> Papio Daniel. Oh, whatever. Uh, Papio Donald. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so The Big Lebowski's wife gets kidnapped... And uh, basically, he has to, he's like the in-between to hand off the money, and a whole bunch of crazy shit ensues. So, in the backdrop of, uh, it's a uh, bowling league time of year, <laughs> and uh, Walter and Donnie and the, the dude are <laughs> trying their hardest to be the best bowlers there are. I'm going to say it right up front, my favorite scenes are when they're at the bowling alley. <laughs> yeah. The, the bowling alley scenes are pretty good. Uh, the, like the a things that happen yeah. at the bowling alley Just because are pretty... Walter is unhinged. Walter. <laughs> uh, I think Walter's one of my favorites, so just because yeah. of the way that he... I mean, I've, yeah. if you think about it, he's kind of the sole driving force of the yeah. movie. Yeah, like because if it wasn't for Walter, all half the, the shit that happened yeah, would not All of the conflict happens because of Walter. Walter. <laughs> He, I was gonna say he almost, in a twisted way, kind of talks the dude into wanting to get continuing money. this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wanting to get money for his his rug. That yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the dude wanted was his rug back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I will say that I've seen the movie before. I I think we established at the end of last episode that neither of you yeah. have seen the movie. So yeah, never I would it. like to know what you guys thought of the movie. I thought it was great. Like I. I see the appeal, like, I, I know so many people are like, that's my favorite movie, like, it's my cousin's favorite movie, we watched it on the way to his wedding, they rent, like, a party bus that we all traveled in, and they were like, 
drinking and watching this movie on the bus. Mm-hmm. Like he what brought Russians, it. I hope. I don't know what they. I think, <laughs> I think they were just popped the champagne, but they. Uh, we were watching it, and like I don't remember much about it. Like I remembered bits and pieces, but I don't. I didn't remember much of anything. But like, yeah, he literally brought a DVD to watch it. Like I know so many people who this is their favorite movie, and I mean I get it. It's it's Coen Brothers movie. It's it's well written. Uh, it's tight like all their movies. Oh, yeah. So I mean, it's I understand. I, I I get the hype. Yeah, I for many years I. My buddy Owen would always talk about this this game or the yeah, game movie, and uh, I don't know. I I can't believe he never maybe sit down and watch it before, but I definitely like everything you said. I I understand now. Yeah, like is it gonna be one of my favorites? Maybe not, but I I understand. Yeah, one people. I, I get where everybody's coming yeah. from. I'm like, yeah, it is good. Yeah, it's good. Jeff Bridges is a great casting for the dude. Which, I mean, Jeff Bridges. He, he, like, this is the second time I've seen Jeff Bridges play, like, a hippie type of guy. Well, third time, maybe. What are the, I mean, are you going to say, uh... I would, I would argue that the first Tron in the okay. beginning, he's kind of like, like, man, Flynn, you know, of. like, yeah, Flynn's kind of like the laid back, like, nah, man, like. Because if you think about uh, his career moving forward from this movie, this is kind of like, he just I mean, maybe, became a Western. Maybe, yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe Flynn is kind of like this too, but this is really one of the only instances of this type of character that Jeff Bridges has played, because... Pretty much from that point on, he was just like a hard-ass like Western guy. Well, I, I was gonna also bring up Dino De Laurentiis as King Kong. No, oh, okay. because he he is kind of like more like a hippie. I mean, he's a smart hippie, but he's also like a hippie because it was the seventies. I still never so, watched that. So long hair Jeff Bridges was you know just kind of that character. I feel like uh, this is kind of like the closest that Jeff Bridges is actually like in real life. Where Probably. he just kind of just does his yeah. his own, his own thing. <laughs> That's how how he dresses normally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he dresses like, in that cardigan all the time. I I guarantee you the Coen brothers were like, like when they he auditioned, they're like, we want you to come to the audition in what loungewear you you have, and he's like, okay. So like he shows up, and they're like, That's it. And he's like, This is just what I wear like walking around the house, man. And they're like, Yeah, do it. Wear that. And he's like, All right. I hope that's true. Because like it's funny because like he has like the boxer shorts, like and they're boxer shorts. Like they don't look like they're like athletic or running shorts, and he's just in a grocery store, and I'm like, bro, yeah, what's wrong with He's you? wearing boxers like a greasy gray t shirt with that. And a robe. No, he has the robe on. Yeah. The uh so the first scene that we meet the dude, you learn everything you need to know about him. He goes to the well, it's during uh Sam Elliott's uh voiceover in the very beginning. He goes to the grocery store, he picks up uh half, half, half and half, but he doesn't pick up the first one, he picks up the one behind it, and then he cuts a check for ninety-six cents. Yes. <laughs> he, After he drinks part of the half yeah, and half out of the cart. Yeah, you know exactly everything you need to know <laughs> about the dude. And then subsequently, after he's being shaked down at his house, is another good, like, instance of like, okay, this is the this is like solidifying the character. Yeah. Whenever they're they're dunking his head in the toilet, they're like, "Where's the money?" He's like, "Oh, it's down there somewhere." Just let me take another look. He just oh, and uh, whenever it's like, "What the fuck is this?" and it's the bowling ball, he's like, "Obviously, you're not a golfer." Yeah. <laughs> I, I laughed at that one pretty good. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, another dude just pisses on his rug, and he's like, "Come on, man!" Oh, well, that that that's one of my favorite bits in that is when they say, when he goes, "Hey, isn't this guy supposed to be a millionaire or something?" And he's like, oh, "Fuck!" And he's like, "Do I look like a fucking millionaire to you?" Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Does it look like a woman? Yeah, yeah. Does it look like I have a wife? Yeah, do I look like I'm married? Yeah, do I look like I'm married? Yeah, the, the dude is a good-natured, just complete bum. Yeah. Even his landlord shows up and he's like, hey, I have a, a dance, thing. Yeah. dance quartet or something. Yeah. He's like, can you sh come and uh, give me some notes? And he's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, oh, by the way, Ren is due. And he's like, yep. And then he just like, closes the door. About that. <laughs> but, so, yeah, he gets taken down from... It's, is it Jackie? It's Jackie Treehorn. Yeah, Jackie Treehorn's guy, who's like a pornographer. Big, big time porn producer. Yeah. yeah. And, uh... Very 70s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when this movie takes place. Obviously, it's after Vietnam, because... No, no, I think no, it's they, right they, in they, it. They, yeah, they say it's oh, early it 90s, because that's why Saddam is... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> In the dream sequences, you see Saddam insane. I love the dream sequences. The dream sequences are great. Yeah. Th those are so wild. Just like in the middle of the movie. Well, the first one happens because Maude Lebowski's goons punch him out. Yeah. And he... I think that's whenever he's like floating in the sky and the yes. bowling ball sinks him back to yeah. Earth. He's watching the rug take yeah. off. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Maude's on the yeah. rug. And then uh, the second one is after uh, Jackie Treehorn drugs him at his party. Yeah. And he has like... And it the... turns into like a dance. Like it, it, It's like a... It's a very, like, artistic porno type of thing. Yeah. But there's... Oh, yeah, he's dressed up as, like, a hand. Yeah, yeah. And he's, like, <laughs> dancing down the stairs in the silver and gold bowling shoes. And Saddam Hussein gives him his shoe. <laughs> the biggest wall of shoes. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's, like... I guess uh, that was after Maud's, like, him and Maud's first introduction when she asked him about sex or whatever. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I mean, whatever. And so, like, she's in it, too. So it's like a like a high fancy porno. Yeah, because like, it, it even, like, start the sequence starts and it says the title. It's oh, yeah, her yeah. name and then the title of what the porno oh, crap, is. I forget what it is. Gutterball. Gutterball or something yeah, like that, yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, so that it, like, starts off. I mean, it, it's very well done. Like, yeah. it's goofy, but it's, like, that's one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is that sequence. They got some crazy shots in this movie. Like, fall, following the uh, bowling balls down the alley. Or, like, in the dream sequence when uh, the dude is, like, floating in between the women's legs. Under the leg. And he's, yeah. like, hovering off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, like, Oh, that was right. Yeah, I have no idea how the fuck they did it. I, I think that the way... If I was looking at it right, it was thing. well. Yeah. It was always shot from the side. Oh. So I'm thinking that. I mean, this was the early '90s or late '90s. So I'm guessing that he was on one layer and the legs were on like another layer, and it was composited together. So they just painted. Look, they did painted him. Well, no, no. Well, over I, whenever he I went through that, the legs. I think that like what they would have done is done one shot where it's their legs in the alleyway, and then one shot where it's him going over. And then they would have the composited like, him in between, okay. like, a layer. I see. Because you never actually see their legs behind the first leg. So it'd be easy to mask that with just overlaying it. Yeah. 
But sure. there, there are very creative shots. I, I like yeah. the one where it's like the POV of the bowling ball. Yeah, and it's going like, like that's crazy. Yeah, uh, I looked it up. I guess it's like it was essentially just like a camera on a remote controlled skateboard that they just kind of like had go like down the alleyway and shit. Hmm. Yeah. They're they're known for doing. Uh, they're very talented filmmakers. Yeah, they are. Uh, so this was made directly after Fargo. I know that you've seen it. I don't yes, believe. I no, I've never seen it. Uh, so vastly different. Than Fargo. Yeah, extremely different because <laughs> uh, Fargo obviously had huge like critical and audience success. Yeah. So they basically got like a green check to like do whatever they wanted. So it's funny that after that type of movie, they're like, we're gonna make this. <laughs> well, and it's also quite funny that they that they immediately because I know that the Cohen the Coens are like Scorsese. They love to use the same people that they've worked with before that they vibe with. John Turturro. Yes. Uh, John Turturro's, I believe, in like every single yeah. one of the movies. John Turturro, the guy who played Papio Daniel, who is deceased, but he was in however many of their movies. Um, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, that guy who was in Miller's Crossing. The guy oh, who yeah, plays yeah. Defino, the other yeah. P.I. Um, but also... Oh my god, I just lost my entire train of thought. Peter Stormer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because... That was, he was in Fargo, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. He was the, not to spoil it, the guy who actually killed people. Yeah. Mm. And he was like, it's fun. It must have been fun for them to take Peter Stormare in such that killer role and then flip him and make him a goofy ass, like, <laughs> German who has no fucking clue how to, like, yeah. hold a ransom or anything. And, like, they don't even know what the fuck they're doing. He's just a drunk and just, yeah. like, gets high. The whole joke of uh, shut the fuck up, Donnie, oh is because is because Steve Buscemi never stops talking. About he's like he's like constantly won't shut the hell up. So like they wrote it in the script, Steve Buscemi as a character. Whenever he would say something, that Walter would just be like, "Shut the fuck up, Donnie." Because <laughs> it's like people are sick of hearing you talk. I I, I love that because like he'll just be like he what just was, hangs out. You're out of your element. You're out of your, You're out of your element, Donnie. Because <laughs> he's just like asking questions about like who they're playing in league or something. Yeah. He's like, he's like, shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> he's like, okay. Like, and then I love that at the end when they meet with the Germans and everything, and like Donnie's like clearly like, okay, maybe we should leave. And he's like, don't worry, Donnie. He's like, these men are cowards. He's like, there's nothing to be yeah. afraid of. Like he's like protecting Donnie. Then are these men gonna hurt us, Walter? No, don't worry, Donnie. They're cowards. They're not. They won't do anything. They won't do anything. <laughs> you think we're afraid of you? We don't believe in anything, Lebowski. <laughs> That's probably my favorite line of the movie. Is uh, whenever the dude is talking to Walter and Donnie about that, whenever the nihilists show up and they bust in, he's like in the bath. Mm. And they like start breaking shit in his house, and they're like, "Give us the money. We don't care about anything." And they, and uh, Walter's like, "Oh, they're Nazis." He's like, "No, they're not Nazis. They're nihilists, man." And Walter's like, "Nihilists. Say what you will about the National Socialist Party, but at least it's an ethos." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, he's like taking the side of Nazis yeah. because they believe in something. <laughs> so fucking funny. as somebody who is a converted Jew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, that's uh, that's one of the like I mean we just watched the ending with you. Yeah. And I was like just laughing my ass off because every time that the nihilists would say something like I just love John Goodman's 
delivery of this i was like fuck you like because they're like give us some money and he's like fuck you come and get it like and he's like walter don't piss him off and he's like no he's like what's mine is mine like i was waiting for him to pull the gun oh i know right and he never pulls the gun and i was like i love it i love when the guy charges him and he just Throws yeah. his bowling ball bag and just caves his chest yeah, he like, in. He like the softball throws yeah. the bowling ball. Could you imagine that? That that'd break your yeah, ribs. That'd there. Probably break your sternum. Yeah. Sure. You guys not recognize who that was? That was Flea. Flea. Yeah. Was that Flea? Yeah. Yeah. I thought because like when I saw his face, I was like, it's like he looked a little bit weird in that scene. But when they're at the table, uh, like those bad guys are at the table, yeah. you can really see it. He looks high as fuck. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's just. Yeah, you told me Flea was in that, too. Yeah. I just never put it together who... I think you may have actually said it, too, and I just didn't catch it. Yeah. Flea must love playing, like, bad guys and just random-ass shit. <laughs> yeah. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. In a very <laughs> slow chase scene. Needles. Yeah, technically, needles. Is is Donnie Thornberry a bad <laughs> yeah, guy? Donnie Thornberry. <laughs> He's the antagonist. Oh, I forgot he did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I could just imagine Flea in the voice box just screaming into a microphone. Oh there better be footage of that. He just comes in and that's all he does. There is footage of it. In fact, I'm like remembering like seeing them in the booth. You know how they used to show like the behind the scenes? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was just Flea. Just going, ah, this is the like, <laughs> I I'm not to look that yeah. up. <laughs> I forget what Walter says. That like, He says uh, girl with nine toes or something like that. Oh, yeah. He like, throws the bowling yeah, ball. Yeah, he's this fucking dipshit <laughs> with a nine-toed woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where did she go? I guess she wasn't going to be there when they confront yeah. Lebowski. Oh, another great joke throughout the whole movie, too, is just, like, the dude's, like, his car is just getting even more and more beat the fuck. <laughs> yeah, he wrecks into a dumpster. He... I think that's after the first accident. That is it after, is. Yeah. yeah, because while his car is stolen... After, well, <laughs> uh, they're going to do the million dollar handoff uh, with the fake Nihilist. Well, they, they they think it's the Nihilist, but the big Lebowski is also just like, I don't care. I'm stealing the money. Uh, spoilers. But uh, so they do the fake handoff with the ringer, which is uh, Walter's underwear. Which Lebowski did not want to do. <laughs> yeah. But Walter, like, and it was funny because, like, he's like, he's not even driving. Or no, he is driving. Uh, he's driving. The dude isn't yeah. driving. No, no, no. Yeah, Walter's, Walter's driving. driving. And he's like... <laughs> and after they throw the ringer, he's like, I'm hitting 15 miles an hour, dude. You're gonna take over. And then he dives out. <laughs> Does he take the Uzi with yeah, him? Yeah, he takes the Uzi with him and he goes... He, like, says something and, like, rolls out. Rolls across the pavement. The, the dude loses control of the car. The Uzi goes... Yeah, the Uzi starts firing and shooting at the car. The dude wrecks it, like, into the embankment. Yeah, in, in a telephone pole. Yeah, and then I, the nihilists come up, grab the underwear bag, and leave. Yeah, he's like, we got it! I thought, I thought the Uzi for a second got, like, Walter's leg or something. Because he's kind of, like, limping. Yeah. yeah. It, do, it does hit the ground and just goes... And starts, like, full 360, just like... <laughs> I thought that shit was hysterical. I, I, like, it, this is so, like, funnily written. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they knew how to, like, put that comedy in without making it a ham-fisted joke. Yeah, it's just absurd. It's just stupid shit, like, that Walter thought that this plan was gonna work. He does it, and it fucking fails yeah. miserably. And then after, after it fails, he's just like... Is it that he... I, I guess they come up with the idea that she kidnapped herself before 
the handoff, right? Yeah, that that was like yeah, always he was working there. At, yeah, there, it, yeah, yeah, that was all. He's like, I bet you she just fucking did it so she yeah. could get more money. And the funny thing about it is, Walter is right. Well, kind of right. The whole movie. Until he goes to rip the big Lebowski out of the wheelchair, he's like, I've seen Spinals, dude. This guy's a phony. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for him to be right. Yeah, just, I was waiting for him to be right, but it was funnier. Drops him. Drops He just picks up the big Lebowski and throws them on the ground. His legs don't work. He's just sobbing. <laughs> and he's like, oh, fuck. So he's not even thinking. Get... He's just like... Yeah, and he's like... Crying. I mean... He's like, help me, help me get him out. Hold on, I did it, I did it. He's like, fuck, Walter, help me just put him back in his chair. (laughs) So the, so Bunny, like, are we to believe that she's not even of age anyway? I think that, uh, well, what did they say, the, because... Because it was only like a year after that photo. Yeah, the... (laughs) Which that's a great joke in itself too. Whenever what's his name? Uh, D uh, the the uh, other dick, the Dan. other pi, Dafino. Yeah, Dafino. Whenever he's like, I'm working with the the Knudsen, Knudsen, yeah. and he's like, Who the fuck? Who the fuck? It's like it's uh her name isn't actually Bunny Lebowski. It's something else. Yeah, but, right. But she's like. <laughs> He's like, I gotta find her. And he said, just to show him this picture and I'll make her homesick. And it's like the middle of fucking nowhere. It's like far, it's like the Kent house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a fucking farm. It's like, oh, she'll she'll get homesick and want to come home. She's living in fucking South uh, Southern, Southern California. California. Goddamn mansion. It was somewhere in Missouri, I think. Yeah, the most yeah. beautiful fucking place in America. But I, I, I love I love the fact that Davina is like really admire your work, man. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I, I like how he didn't have a chance to like talk to Defino before he got pulled into the limo. And so like he, no, he, I, he went with, uh, with, uh, Walter. That was the, the end of the movie. No, 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 no. When he, the first time, cause somebody said, who's your buddy? In oh, the yeah, butt? yeah. And that like, was the cat or, uh, yeah, it was the the mods friend that mods was mods driver, him back. and then the limo driver for the big Lebowski grabbed him before he could even like go towards the bug and threw him in there. So like, if every time Defino followed him, he's like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, he's like, I'm a PI like you," and he's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> I like that you're playing both sides. Yeah, <laughs> like I really admire your work, and he's like, "I don't know what the fuck is going on." <laughs> Uh, I really like, um, oh fuck, his, his name escaped me. Uh, the Big Lebowski's, um, butler, essentially. Um, oh, Philip Seymour Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Brent. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny because, uh, he basically, whenever the dude is like, uh, call me the dude or whatever, uh, he's just like, okay, dude. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's just like, he's, he's saying it as if it was like, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, he's like, you shouldn't go in there, dude. He's very upset. <laughs> he's yeah. just like talking oh, to him like. That, that's my favorite part of like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Is like, Philip Seymour Hoffman, as much as he's known for like dramatic, powerful roles, he can always do comedy oh, so well. He? Like when he was Dusty in Twister. And even this, him playing the butler type character, is hysterical to me because, like, he walks the dude to Mr. Lebowski, like, with his head hung and, like, hand <laughs> up. Like, it's so animated. Like, he's, like, he's been in the study ever since. Like, yeah. But, like, he knows how to play, well, knew how to play those those roles. Yeah, man. It's an unfortunate past. Yes. 
uh, yeah, I love that the dude just goes after talking with the big Lebowski, and he's just like, I just want my rug. Yeah. Like, just give me a rug, and I'll call it even. And then he's like, I'm not gonna, uh, he's basically like, I'm not negotiating with terrorists. He's like, I'm not gonna do anything for you, bum. Yeah. And then as he's leaving, he's like, oh, did you come to an agreement? He's like, yeah, I, I could take any rug in the house. Told me to take any rug in the house. Which happens to be... Maud's mother's yeah, favorite yeah. rug. He, he gave it to... It was her gift to her late mother, yeah. which she is like, he has no right to give away, which is how they became acquainted with each other. Which is in another never bizarre, gave it to him. In <laughs> another <laughs> bizarre scene, whenever she... When the dude goes to Maud's place... <laughs> and uh she's like strapped up in that she's like zip lining and like throwing paint at a canvas or something it's she, like she's like naked yeah, in zip yeah it's like such a joke paint. on like artists like, arts yeah. anything like that and then he comes back and uh david thewlis is yeah. there and he just laughs <laughs> yeah like... he, he has the weirdest laugh ever and the dude's like what the fuck is up with yeah this what guy? the fuck is up with this guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> and the phone rings and he just like answers it and starts like talking in Italian or yeah. whatever they're fucking. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was French. I forget what she it was. She was speaking like Mandarin or something. Oh, yeah. Whenever yeah, she yeah. picked up the phone. Yeah. Yeah. They're on like the party line just like talking back and forth to each other about some shit. <laughs> yeah. Dave, David Toulis was uh, was funny. For like three role. minutes he's yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Just like... He's just reading a magazine and that's like it. He laughs. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck is up with this guy? <laughs> The dude's such a deadbeat. <laughs> but he's a great deadbeat. He's a good he's a good guy, but he yeah, he's just it's it's just like a stoner comedy. <laughs> and then uh, is Sam Elliott's character called the man or like The Stranger. The Stranger. Which is so that's the thing. It's strange because he begins the film narrating like this is a story about the dude. And then but he's also in the story. Mm-hmm. And he fourth wall breaks also, so like... At the end, yeah. He's like an omniscient character, because he's like... Whenever well, he's... Aren't the, isn't the narrator typically supposed well, yeah, to be an omniscient the, character? It's, yeah, but like, if you're thinking about it in the confines of the story, you're like, oh, how would he know the stuff that the dude is doing? He's just like, according to what we see in the movie anyway, he's just some dude at, a, at the bowling alley that is talking to the dude. Yeah. Maybe and then he's he, God. He might be God, the stranger. I, I'm sure that there's some theory on that <laughs> that Sam Elliott is actually God, and the dude is Jesus or something like that. Like I'm sure that Jesus some... is in the movie. He is. <laughs> he's a sex offender. He is a sex offender. <laughs> Which is, I gotta say, it's weird that he's like playing like a Hispanic person. Yeah. I mean, I guess obviously it was a far different time than. John Turturro plays some of the greatest roles. He plays. He plays all kinds of roles. He no, plays... no, no, I know, but they're all great. Yeah. Like, even, like, I recently, within the last year, went back and watched the Transformers movies, and he's great in those. He's, like, one of the highlights for me, is Agent Simmons is, like, one of the best parts of the Transformers movies, just because he's so over-the-top oh, yeah. with shit. He's, he's just, like, hamming it up. Yeah. As he is with the character of Jesus yeah. as well. Yeah, and, and I think, I think that, like, Especially for him in smaller roles like that that aren't on screen like for the entire movie or something like that, you have the ability to really play those over the top without overshadowing anybody. Yeah. It's but... funny you say that because just last year, like either it was either 2019 or 2020, 2021, in the past three years, there was a movie that is an 
I don't know if it's an unofficial sequel, but it's a sequel of The Big Lebowski, and it's about Jesus. It's like a full-length movie directed by John Totoro. It's on Netflix, and it's apparently fucking horrible. Because <laughs> anything would be horrible being with that character for more than the six minutes that yeah, he's in. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that character only works in that sense. Yeah, because he's not an antagonist. There's nothing that he's like just, yeah, he's just he, kind of he, a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, he's just there, and it's not like he's not relevant really to the plot he's just kind of there to like i don't know be a backdrop because i, I guess you have to make the bowling you have to make the bowling alley interesting you can't just have the same three dudes doing yeah. the same thing at the bowling alley yeah and you're another well, reason it wouldn't work is your main character has to be relatable yeah and really in this movie they're I, I, he's a sex offender. He's yeah. not going to be relatable. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, even in this movie, is there really? I guess it could be something. Like, is there really any? Is there really any real? Like real, real antagonist, and I say this in the in the context of: Does anybody actually do anything inherently evil to be warranted as an antagonist? I would argue the nihilists only because. They don't even do anything inherently evil. They, they didn't that, girl, that girl's toe. They volunteered. They thought they were getting a million dollars. Like it was, They were all in on it. They're all too fucking dumb. They didn't actually have any leverage. Uh, they burnt the car. That was yeah, that was pretty yeah. Good. The, the the big Lebowski. The big Lebowski. <laughs> Walter himself. because he beats up that dude's Camaro for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I Ferrari. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would say that like that's. That's definitely one of them. But like, there really is a bonnet last week, and even Jesus, your car, and even Jesus, like, isn't even an antagonist. He's just there. Like, yeah. there really isn't an antagonist. It's just kind of the dude is swallowed up in this whole story. Like, even Jackie Treehorn just drugs him. Hmm. He doesn't necessarily yeah. do anything. <laughs> the chief of police. Chief of police was pro. I would say that he is probably the most antagonistic of all of them because he just fucking throws a mug at his head and then Dude's choke slams him down to the floor um uh, yeah but going back the name of the movie is it came out in 2019 the name of the movie is the jesus roll oh i do remember hearing about that and uh the synopsis on imdb is a trio of misfits whose irreverent sexually charged dynamic evolves into a surprising love story as their spontaneous and flippant attitude towards the past or future backfires time and again. So, yeah, it's not very good. It has like a five, four and a half out of ten on uh, IMDb rating. Yeah, but, because it doesn't work. No. It doesn't work. But there are, to that point, there are so many like kind of one-off characters like that throughout yeah. the entire movie. And that's how they should be. Yeah. They should have to spin something i understand if it was something that he enjoyed and really wanted to do sure go ahead give it a shot and see what happens but it wasn't they're never meant to do that it's like star wars with glup shitto <laughs> like are you really gonna spin out every fucking no-name character and give them a whole series and books and comic books like some characters just aren't supposed to have all of that shit they're supposed to be that nice little niche thing that happened and then that's it well it's apparently working for andor at least no it's definitely working for andor i wouldn't know i haven't watched it yet i've only watched three episodes uh last episode came out today yeah 
But, uh, yeah, so there's, like, all these small characters, like, the dude that Walter pulls the piece on, Jesus, like, the taxi driver that plays, what was it even, Hotel Eagles. California? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the dude was like, come on, man, I hate the Eagles. He's like, get the fuck out of my car. <laughs> it's my cab. I think, one, one. I think it was one of the dream sequences. There was, like, a, a weird piano-ish version of that song. Before, like, you heard the actual song. Um, I know when Jesus was bowling, they were playing a Spanish version of Hotel That's yeah, That's what I imagine. Yeah. Because it was, like, being played on, like, acoustic guitar. Yeah. And when we were first watching it. Well, like, it, um, it's different enough that, like, even I was like. Yeah, I was like, is it or isn't it? And then yeah. it start, he starts singing it. And right. I was like, oh, it is Hotel California. Because yeah. I'm listening to, like, the progression. I'm like, that sounds a lot like Hotel California. But then it would change it a there's like bit. a couple accents yeah. that and i'm, I'm like, like that's not I'm like that's not hotel california and then it starts playing the guy starts singing and i'm yeah. like it is hotel yeah. California. yeah yeah is that what was playing in the cab on the way no that was um that was a different peaceful evening. easy feeling yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway i couldn't have told you that that's such a funny <laughs> I'm a, i've seen the eagles before two of them died <laughs> It's such a funny gag. The dude, after being drugged and beaten up by the chief of police of Malibu, he's just like, wants to go back to his place, and the cab driver's like, I'll fucking listen to what I want, and kicks him out on the fucking highway. So, before we cut back to him going back to the apartment, you and I were talking about a funny scene. So he builds, like... <laughs> uh, he builds, like... he. Nails down a piece of two by four and sticks the chair to wedge under the door so nobody can break into his house. And literally, as he finishes it, he turns around and it, the door opens because it opens outward and the chair falls down. And he goes, fuck, and like turns around and it's the goons like waiting to like yeah, beat Jack, him up again. Jackie Treehorns, dudes. He's like, they want, he wants to talk to you. And it's also great because we get even more pay off of that because he comes through the door later and trips him yeah and trips him after he gets kicked out of the cab walks yeah. in and just kind of trips over the two by four because he gets there uh another favorite gag of mine is whenever he is meeting with jack and treehorn and he like gets a fake call and he like starts writing something down and so jackie treehorn wants a bunch of money because I guess Bunny like skipped out on some porno thing. I don't yeah. I don't remember he exactly. Owes him money. He owes him a lot of money, which is kind of the and like the jumping off point of the entire film. Yeah. But he goes to his like pad and it's like really nice. And he like gets him a drink or whatever. He gets a fake call and writes something on a notepad and he leaves. And the dude gets up and scribbles. To see what it is. It's very it's, it's very like detective like. Yeah, exactly. I was like, that's smart of him, yeah. like to be able to like Use the side of the pencil to find out what it was. Yeah, just a doodle. It's just like, like a dude with a dick. Yeah, like a huge, huge dick. dick. <laughs> He's like... Yeah. And then he rips it off and takes it back with him. I like that uh, he didn't like catch him doing that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in a lot of ways, towards the end, it reminded me of the nice guys. Because mm -hmm. yeah. it's, you know, goofy... Uh, yeah. goofy kind of Blum blumbering uh, yeah. detective uh, writer. Yeah. Very much he reminded me very much of more more Ryan Gosling's yeah. character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh Russell Crowe is not as goofy in no. that movie. No, he's he's a little bit more competent yeah. and uh and seasoned yes. versus uh, he's just a hard ass. Yeah. But we already talked about that movie, so go watch that episode. 
<laughs> or just go watch that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what much else to say. It, it ends yeah. very somberly with the death of Donnie. And Which just caught me way off guard. Yeah. yeah. Like, it happened, I was like, huh? <laughs> and then, of course, the stranger says, breaks fourth wall. And yeah. was like, oh, I thought it was good. Shame, I didn't like to see Donnie go. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think everybody would agree with you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I almost, like, wonder what kind of the point. Like, I understand the heart attack, but, like... It, it was... Yeah, I don't know. I think it was just kind of to show, like, the dude just kind of making his way through life. Yeah. It's and... Just kind of... Uh, to give us that comedic bit where uh, they scatter his ashes and they blow back like on the dude and Walter turns around and he's like, oh shit, I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, he, he like sees that some of the remains are yeah. on his jacket and he's like, oh man. And then he turns around and the dude's just covered oh, head, head to toe in Tony's ashes. Which that's also a great scene where uh, Walter's just like, he makes, he like... Him and the dude and Donnie were, like, friends and, like, bowling teammates, but they really don't know anything about Donnie. No. He's like, Donnie loved bowling Donnie loved and surfing, and he was taken from us too soon, just like those other men that were taken from us too soon. He, he starts naming off, yeah. like, battlegrounds yeah. in Vietnam, and, like, <laughs> Walter has to relate everything in to his Vietnam. life back to Vietnam. It's so funny. Why are the only one who fucking cares about the rules? <laughs> Yeah, that's that. Those are the hallmarks of his. He's an extremely antagonistic person. Uh, everything relates back to either Vietnam or being a Jew, <laughs> or his ex-wife, or his ex-wife. I swear to God, you zero that card right now. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna zero. fucking zero that card. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now. Zero. <laughs> oh, another. Uh, this is like a very minor gag, but it's. Uh, the dude gets a call for, from, uh, from the league from the league president, and he goes and talks to his landlord outside, which is like a four minute conversation. And then he comes in, and they're still leaving a message about his... Walter pulling the gun on the <laughs> other guy. That's and... a, such an understated joke. It's... That's one of my favorite bits too. Is when they leave after he pulls the gun, he's like, "You can't fucking do that, Walter." And he's like talking about they're in the car, and as they're in the car, you hear the sirens. They pull off to the bowling alley, and you see the cops get out and run in, and they're just sitting there carrying on their conversation instead of getting the fuck out of there. Yeah, not a great response time for them. No, no, no. And you think they would have been like, "Oh, they walked out." Yeah, they're outside. And Walter drives this car, or the dude has this car. I think everybody likes the dude, so they don't want to rat him out, but Walter's just such an asshole. They even bring it up so many times. You're such an asshole, Walter. Yeah, and especially with that, uh, when the ashes come back, you say, you're a fucking asshole, Walter. <laughs> Shit, I'm sorry, dude. Let's fuck, go it, fuck it, man. Let's just go bowling. Fuck it, man. Go bowling. <laughs> John Goodman's such a great actor. He, he's fantastic. This, this might be my new favorite John Goodman role. It, it, it is a top role. Like his, his lines are every and everything. He, he's incredibly well cast for this yeah. character. I mean, it's still the funniest shit and to me. Something about out of that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I'm going. <laughs> John Goodman just swearing out the storm. I. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I don't know why. And I like how, like, when Donnie is, like, chiming in, asking questions, and, like, he gets he gets progressively more angry, and he's like, shut the fuck up, Donnie! You're out of your element! 
Yeah, like, and this one a compilation of his. <laughs> yeah, like just there's probably just a super sure, yeah. of this movie where it's all Walter. Yeah, just <laughs> screaming. Right, you're all the Donnie. But yeah, I don't know if I have any much else to say. That's about all I got. It's just a thoroughly enjoyable film. It is. It's very funny. It's yeah. very funny. It is, it is very funny, and you, don't, and you don't really think that it's, like, starting to watch it, you don't think it's going to be, like, as funny as it is, but... Yeah, it wasn't exactly... I, I don't know if I knew that it was as much of a comedy mm. as it was. No, I had no idea it was like, so even, even some of their most serious movies, the Coens, they're just, like, littered with comedy throughout. Well, like Miller's Crossing. Yeah. And then he's talking to the police chief, and it's, like, a mirrored shot of, like, somebody, like, getting shot or, like... Falling out a window, yeah. and it's like different. Like, like that's a pretty serious like tone movie, but yeah. it's also just like. But they, with... yeah, they they have fun with it at yeah. least. Visual but comedy. but I mean, like, it's not like this is a comedy where it's not like, let's say, a stoner comedy like Pineapple Express. Exactly. Yeah. Where they, where they rely on dick jokes or yeah. like something like that to. Yeah. If Judd Apatow had written and directed this, it would be an entirely different thing. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's. Like I said, I enjoy the comedy of this because it's not as ham-fisted, like, ha, I said dick, laugh. Yeah, right, like, yeah. This is more just, it's what happens is funnier. This is well-written yeah. comedy. The, the dude is. is just, things are just happening to the dude. Yeah. And the absurdity of it is just like... Yeah, and I, I mean, that's that's what the Coens are really good at, is creating the absurd. Yeah, I mean, they're just, they're just good at writing characters. Yeah. Like, every character that they... Like, we even mentioned, there's very small characters throughout the movie. But you know everything about mm -hmm. them just from the little interactions yeah. that they have. Like, Jesus is on screen for six minutes. You know exactly who that character yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's And that's just tight writing. Yeah. And, like, that's something that's highly sought after. You, like, people create these iconic characters. And then you have people who spend years in like film school and writing that don't ever come that close like these are just geniuses who know exactly okay uh we're gonna make sure they know everything about every single one of these characters as soon as they meet them and that's just smart writing yeah coens are good at what they do very good they've had some duds hail caesar hail caesar is all right uh four brothers that's one that people don't really like never heard of that one. it's or no it's not I'm thinking the Lady Killers is the name of the movie. Mm. J.K. Simmons, uh, Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, about, that <laughs> it's about it's uh, about <laughs> these four guys, five guys, who they they try and like kill this woman to like gain an inheritance or something. I don't know. I've only mm. watched the movie once, but it was it's on the lower end of their their films. But yeah, I love everything pretty much that they they've made. Uh, Obviously, I've recommended three of their movies at this point for the show, but uh, yeah. Rating time? Rating time. First. I am going to rate it 9 out of 10. I love this movie. It's very funny. There's hardly anything wrong with it, if anything. Just like, as you say, it's extremely tight. It's very funny. Uh, the acting is honestly incredible. And yeah, it's it's just really good. I'm gonna go eight and a half out of ten, just because like nine I would put as I don't know my like favorite movies. <laughs> but I'm gonna echo your eight and a half out of ten. Yeah. It's it's very good. 
and it, it's above my average rating yeah. <laughs> for sure um yeah it, it is a, it is a very good movie i will definitely be watching this again yeah this is another film where it's like you gain new things every time upon rewatching yeah. it. Mm. Just like new jokes, subtle jokes, things like that thrown out. There's a lot of movies that we picked where there are a lot of subtle things that we don't pick up on until the second or third. I mean, I, I shoot you not like I watch Back to the Future how I don't know how many times a year. Like you I still, still find different things. I'm like, oh, oh, that's funny. Like or, you know, just pick up on different things. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it's better than Georgetown. <laughs> it is better than Georgetown. That's <laughs> for sure. Much more entertaining. <laughs> but they can't I can't all. I finished this one. They can't all. They can't all be winners. No, they can't. Speaking of our previous recommendation and this recommendation, we have another recommendation coming for us. What a shocker! It's going to come out in December. I don't know if that'll influence. Not at all. Or Not at all. But Mike, please. Enlighten us. Uh, with uh, recent things that have happened, I'm going to pick the 1995 Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace, Tom. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, rest in peace. Did you get to meet J- Jason David Frank? I did not. And I'm really pissed that I didn't go when he was. It was only like what, two years ago. He was mm-hmm. down yep. in Pittsburgh. Yep. So, if you don't want to be spoiled next time for the 19-something, 1995, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers film, make sure to watch it before next time. I hope you guys enjoyed watching or listening to our The Big Lebowski conversation. I know we enjoyed having it. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff, and we'll see you in the next one, guys. Like, comment, abide. That's right. The dude abides. Shut the fuck up, Donnie.